All right, everybody. Good evening, and welcome back into the Big Four Sports Podcast. How y'all doing? As always, my name is Nick Edson. Let's get the show rolling, uh, as always. So let's see what we got here on the agenda today. We're gonna be ta- we're gonna be doing a rant that I posted onto my Snapchat story. Which if I'm not I'm not gonna hand that out right here. But if you want to go check it out, just try to search me, and I think you'll find it. Yeah. And then I, so I I posted a poll of two things that we could rant about, and one blew the other out by a landslide. And uh, yeah, we're gonna be talking about Bruins and Celtics, and then I think we're gonna be moving on to the MLB or baseball. Because, well, baseball's back and baseball is in full swing now. Like, like spring training is in full swing. Like, like, like as we speak, like it is it's just getting started. And I've also made the executive decision to talk about Georgia Bulldogs baseball because I have gotten into that very, very quickly. And I don't really talk about Georgia. I don't really talk about Georgia much. And even though I'm a wicked, wicked big fan of them, I don't really talk about them much. I was going to do football, but I started that a week late. I suppose I could have done it, but I was already off schedule. So yeah, I've made the executive decision to talk about Georgia baseball, but enough about that. And let's get the show going. All right. I should shut the door real quick. My dog just busted in right there. If he was like the FBI or something. All right. Uh, I'm actually going to start it off with the Mel Mahon. So, okay, so right now the big debate is honestly who's going to be the worst team in the league, and I think there is one correct answer by far. And I'll already give you a hint, it's not the Oakland A's. <sighs> Sorry about that, but yeah. I will already give you the hint, it is not the Oakland A's. That they are, I don't think they're going to be as bad as they were last year. They were just kind of figuring things out. They won't be as bad. The team that will that I think will be the worst team by far is going to be the Colorado Rockies. Name a good player on that team. Other than maybe Ryan McMahon. He's decent. I, I don't think you can. While the A's actually have some good talent, like Brent Rooker, they have Ryan Noda. Ken Waldachuk's on the IR. Luis Medina is actually... is. Is actually pretty good. I think he'll bounce back. He has some really, really nasty stuff. The A's have a couple of good players. Shay Langelier is another one who's a big, who's a big home run hitter, and he's great at catching runners stealing. You know, like he he caught Randy Rosarena. I don't think you can really do that. I didn't really think that was much of a possibility until Langelier's proved me wrong. But yeah, so I think that that's the current debate. I might also host another poll of who do you think will be the worst MLB team. I think there's only one correct answer, and it's going to be the Colorado Rockies. They have no really good players. I think Nolan Jones could take a step forward, but that's really about it. It's just a team of mediocrity. They're they're going to finish last in the division again. And yeah, not, not really much places to go for the Colorado Rockies. So yeah, Red Sox news for you real quick. They made another they made another signing. It feels like every single time they every single time they make a signing, it's just a national holiday. But yes, uh the Red Sox ended up signing Liam Hendricks, who's a closer. From the from the Chicago White Sox, who's arguably the best closer in this in in the league, signed him to a two year, ten million dollar deal. I think that they might just use this to get pieces at the trade deadline. That's my honest take. If Hendricks is really good, they're going to keep him around for the full season. But I think if he's just, I I just think if he's not as good and if he's not worth the two years, ten million, they're gonna they're just going to use him for deadline assets. All right. And the Red Sox made a trade with the Kansas City Royals to send John Schreiber. To the Royals, of course, for for a pitching prospect. Getting a pitching prospect, one of the top ones in the Royals system, for Schreiber, I think is absolutely amazing. And the Royals have a great farm system, so to get one of their top prospects for John Schreiber, who I guess was pretty good, but he's prone to the long ball, is definitely really good. And I also think that the Red Sox have a awesome bullpen. Now with Liam Hendricks, 
if Kenley Jansen stays around, that's going to be very, very tough to beat. That's going to be very tough to close out. That's going to be very tough to not get like a hit off of uh, off of Red Sox closing pitching. If you if you run that if you run that two man rotation of Kenley Jansen and Liam Hendricks, that's arguably the best one two in the bullpen that you can have, best one two in the league. And the Red Sox bullpen was amazing last year. They got better. I think they're going to be even better this year. So if starting pitching can just hold it down for like four to five innings, maybe only allow like one to two runs, and the bullpen can the bullpen can shut it down for the rest of the game. They can shut it down innings six through nine. Nice. Then this team's golden. But the thing is that starting pitching is probably going to give up a bit too much, especially Cutter Crawford pitching at home. Who knows if he'll actually be pitching at the major league level? He did pretty good, but I don't know. If, I don't know if he'll be pitching again. Yeah, it, it's just it's just going to be a very wonky year for the Red Sox. I think that I think that if they're pitching, if they're starting pitching is actually decent and they only allow like two to three runs through the first five innings. They can hold it down for, if they can hold it down for like the first five innings, maybe the sixth inning and then the, and then the bullpen can just shut it down the whole way. And the offense can take care of itself. The offense is going to be really, really good again this year because, well, we have Raphael Devers, we got Tyler O'Neill, we got, we also got Von Grisham in the Chris Sale trade. Yeah, just going back at some of these transactions. Yeah, hold on, I should. No, I should move this over here. Yeah, no, like it's still. Yeah, well, we traded Alex Verdugo. We got we got Tyler O'Neill, which I think, which I I love Alex Verdugo, but I think that Tyler O'Neill is a lot better, and he's going and Tyler O'Neill is going to be a much better fit. He know he knows how to he knows how to hit the baseball. He's more more of a contact guy that'll still give be twenty five home runs a year, and he'll also fix a lot of our right field problems. Alex Verdugo was great, but O'Neill's going to fix a lot of our um is definitely going to fix a lot of our a lot of our problems on defense in the outfield. And same thing with um, Masataki Yoshida. I almost forgot that he he existed. Yeah, he is. He's still there. And 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 also just looking through, maybe Sedan Rafaela comes up at some point eventually. I don't know. But yeah, this division is going to be loaded. Of course, we had the Orioles trading for Corbin Burns, and then maybe bringing up Jackson Hol- Jackson Holiday to, to begin the year. Yeah, the Orioles look scary, and even though I am a Red Sox fan, and I am not going to have them finishing in last this year, we probably are the worst team in this division. And I real, I don't, I don't really know. I don't really know how the season's going to go. This is either going to be a ninety-win season or like a seventy-win season. It could truly go either way. So that was really it for the Red Sox. They also have Lucas Giolito, so we'll see. It's actually going to be interesting to see if Lucas Giolito can bounce back because he hasn't been very good the past couple of years. With the White Sox, with the Angels, and then with the Guardians, he didn't have a he didn't have a good year last year. Maybe coming to Boston, maybe just a quick change of scenery could could be could do the trick. It's done the trick for a lot of pitchers. Let's see if let's see if it'll work for Lucas Giolito. As as probably our ace this year, I don't really know what the pitching rotation is going to look like. I think it's going to probably go like Lucas Giolito, then Brian Bayo. I like Brian Bayo as a two. I know one and two, and that's about it. Yeah, let's see. Okay, so. It's probably gonna. I don't now. Another thing that's gonna be interesting is whether or not Garrett uh, Garrett Whitlock or Tanner Halleck gets thrown in the bullpen. I honestly think I think Tanner Halleck might make it as a starter if he sucks absolute nuts like he did like he did this like he did this past year. He had a five ERA. Didn't have he he had a couple of decent starts. Just the defense behind him wasn't very good. And it's gonna be interesting to see if he goes to the bullpen. I don't think he does. I think he actually starts the year off as a starter. But it's also going to be interesting to see. So yeah, just 
We're just really going to – let's just actually go down the roster here because spring training is in full swing. I don't think the Red Sox are going are to make any more signings. They might sign, like, Blake Snell. I know it's a hot take, but there are still so many good free agents out there on the market. Like, let's, let's see here. So – that haven't been signed. I know, like, Matt Chapman's on this list. I know that, well, the Jorge Soler has been, uh, what's it called? Yeah, so, like, Jordan Montgomery, Cody Bellinger is still on here. Matt Chapman. Dude, Matt Chapman's so freaking good. Like, he can, like, he, like, Matt Chapman. Like, like, he knows how to play defense, and he also knows how to, Let's call it. He 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 knows he knows how to hit for power, and I think Matt Chapman, I think the perfect fit for Matt Chapman will be the San Francisco Giants. Now, will that happen? I don't think so. That's why I actually got. That's why I actually got a hot take on on, on one of my Q and A. He asked where will Matt Chapman land, and I said, you know, it's very very unlikely, but he could go to the Detroit Tigers. That would also be another great fit. I know Matt. I know that Matt Chapman is more of a power hitter, and he's and he's going to be hitting in a pitcher's park. But he can also hit for contact very, very well, and and I think that if he's gonna it, and and Comerica Park is also pretty, is also very welcoming to contact hitters. And Jordan Montgomery pitched absolutely amazing in the World Series and also in the ALCS. I don't know why he's not getting signed. And then Blake Snell won the Cy Young last year. Where has he been? I thought Cody Bellinger actually got re-signed to the Chicago Cubs, but apparently not yet. The Cubs are going to probably suck this year. Like they have had a they have had a horrible off season. Speaking of rankings of off seasons, I'm actually gonna, I was actually thinking about doing that for this episode, but we're actually gonna wait one more week because there are still some free agents out there, and spring training hasn't technically fully started. So, so like free agents like Jordan Montgomery can still be signed. So yeah, so yeah, I'm I'm gonna delay that one week and then. Come next week's episode, we'll be creating every MLB team's offseason. Maybe the bonus episode, or maybe just put it on the one. Who knows? All right, so let's go down the line with this roster. We got Brian Bayo, Lucas Giolito, Nick Pavetta, Cutter Crawford, Whitlock, Howick, and Josh Minkowski. Not bad, but we also we also don't really know. So bullpen, Kenley Chance, and closer. Of course, Liam Hendricks just signed with the Red Sox yesterday, so he probably won't be on here, but he is on here. Chris Martin, who I think had one of the best, I think he is going to have another amazing season like he did last year. He had like a 1-8 ERA, which is absolutely disgusting. But he is turning 39, I think, this year, so it's going to be a bit tough. Brandon Bernardino, Cooper Cooper Criswell, Justin Saitlin, Brian Mana, Zach Kelly, Chris Murphy. Yeah, there are some good relievers in here. And like I said, the bullpen was great last year, and I think it's going to be great again this year. Let's see. So catchers, we have Connor Wong and Reese McGuire. Connor Wong should be getting all the all the everyday playing minutes. He's a very, very fast catcher, which I think is like a one in a couple hundred to find. First baseman, Tristan Casas. He's going to be getting a ton of playing time this year. Tristan Casas, I expect a big year. I think he's going to have a big year. Bobby Dahlbeck, I don't th- I think I think I think Dahlbeck's cooked. I think he's just a triple A player at best. And then Pablo Reyes, who had a who was a wicked spark club. Spark plug. If you remember last year, year like August, he was just absolutely tearing it. He was just absolutely tearing it up, and I, I still think he will get some playing time. I think he's earned 
a spot. I don't think he'll be playing every day, but he will still be playing a good amount. Second base, we have Vaughn Grisham, who I think will be getting all the all the everyday second base minutes. I wouldn't I don't really see another direction that they go. And we have like Pablo Reyes, Valdez, and then Sidon Rafael. I think Rafael, if he's gonna play anywhere, he's probably gonna play center field or shortstop. I just don't I don't really know where he's gonna play. I think it's gonna be one of those two though. Rafael Devers at third base, that's a lock, even though he's not very good on defense. He's a monster with the bat, and that's why we have him. Trevor Story at shortstop. I actually like that. I I like that a lot. This like I will say this Red Sox team, I think, can be very good. They're going to be better than last year, for sure. But at the same time, this is more of an aging core. Like, it's aging, but it's also it's also kind of young. Like, when, when you look at Trevor Story, he's more of an aging player. And looking, and looking at it, like, he's really the only aging player, except for maybe like Kenley Jansen or Chris Martin. And then, yeah, we have um, Pablo Reyes and Sedan Rafaela. In left field, it's either between Jaron Duran or Tyler O'Neill. Tyler O'Neill is going to get this spot. I think Duran actually moves to right field, and Masataki Yoshida is going to be our DH. I don't, I don't think he plays defense. He was just awful back there. And in left field, where we have the Green Monster, that's where that's where like Alex Cora can just hide people. That's where he hid Masataki Yoshida because Masataki Yoshida is not good at defense. Stick to your passion, buddy. It's hitting. But yeah, Alex Cora can just hide people back there who just suck balls at defense. And I actually, actually, I take that back. They're probably going to put Jaron Duran in left and put O'Neal in right because Tyler O'Neal is much better at defense and right field has been a bit of a problem for the Red Sox. I think O'Neal can cover it. So yeah, it's looking like Duran's going to take left field. And it looks like Sedan, they're saying that Sedan Rafaela has the top spot for center field. I actually like that a lot. And another interesting name on this list is Willier Abreu. It says he's the top man for right field. I don't, I don't like that at all. Actually, I think that I don't think Abreu is going to earn everyday minutes, but he should, he should get in there a couple of times. But with like Sedan Rafaela in center field, I like that a lot. I think should, I think Sedan Rafaela should make the opening day roster. Will he? It's, it's like eighty to 80 percent being that he won't make it. But I would love to see him make it. And then I think Tyler O'Neill swaps out Willier Abreu. I don't see why Tyler O'Neill wouldn't be playing defense. Like they traded for him and they gave up a actually a decent amount for him. And I, and it and for them to and for the Red Sox to give up that much, he should be playing. He should be playing damn near every day. But if O'Neill does get injured like he has in the past, Abreu is definitely going to be that. Abreu is going to be that guy. And yeah, they're saying DH. Their their lead guys gonna be Masataki Yoshida. I get that. All right, so yeah, on to Georgia baseball. Then we'll talk about Celtics and Bruins. And I got a rant about the Kansas City Chiefs. Shoot. All right. Here's so here comes the rant. I'm gonna just immediately start it off with saying, I legit, I genuinely think that the Chiefs have had the refs on their side this whole season. A, it's because of Taylor Swift because they want to see Taylor Swift win. They want to see Taylor Swift in the Super Bowl because the NFL knows and Taylor Swift knows that if she is at the Super Bowl, that is going to shatter viewership records. And right now, we're just going to talk to Roll for a second because 
I mean, how many holding calls did the Chiefs get away with? I think if I think if the Chiefs got a dollar for every time they got they got away with a holding call, they'd be they'd be they'd all be trillionaires. That's how bad this game was. And the Niners didn't have any fair way to win this. I don't think the Niners should be kicking themselves at all. There's absolutely there's absolutely no way that they had a fair chance to win this. That they, that they had a fair chance to win. If they had a fair chance, the Niners would have won by twenty. They like they would have absolutely demolished the Chiefs. That that's what should have happened. Because the Chiefs just play, just played so poorly, and I think the Niners would have won by twenty five, maybe twenty, maybe thirty. They would have won. They would have won by a good amount. They actually had a fair chance. Who's the better team? The Niners easily. But yeah, so and this this is this is another reason why I think the Chiefs may have the refs on their side, also because of Patrick Mahomes and also because of Travis Kelsey. But let's look at week. I think it was week three or four. Is against the Minnesota Vikings. I think y'all know what I'm talking about. The three penalties on one play. I'm gonna actually try to find that. So we got Lajarius Sneed. There is some subtle yeah, contact right really there. Pointing. That's it's very subtle, but by the law of the land, there you see the hole underneath the jersey on Jordan Addison. The official did throw the flag, and then as and the ball was a bit underthrown, and, and then as that was clearly in this situation. That right there, you can see the hole underneath the jersey Jordan Addison. That is. And then this is the and then this is the next one. And they're not doing their job. Jarius Sneed takes Jarius his helmet Sneed off. Jarius was okay. pissed off after that play. Let's scroll through a little Lake bit. Bill, you come over let's here. Watch, and you let's watch see the, clip. the official literally he tells he, he's tapping on me like, hey, put your helmet back on so that we don't get like violated for cheating or whatever. Literally, you can okay, see him. He's literally doing that. Like he took his helmet off. That's sportsman. Like that's fifteen yards. That's fifteen yards. That might put him at the one yard line. I try to give the benefit of the doubt in this situation. You have to enforce the rules. Yeah, tell me he, he isn't telling them, like, hey, put your damn helmet back on there, buddy, so that we don't get fined or whatever. That's absolute bull. So, yeah, there was definitely a lot of, like, allegations here for cheating. And honestly, I completely agree. If you, if you, saw, what, if you saw what just happened, your eyes did not deceive you. At least I think they didn't. But I think me and you both saw that as, what the heck? I mean, like, Legereus C got away with two, maybe three penalties in one play, and none of them got called. The Vikings should have won that game, but they didn't, and that's exactly why. But, also, when I've tried to bring this up to Chiefs fans, my social studies teacher, Mr. Petrie, he's a wicked Chiefs fan. I've brought this up to, I've brought this up to him. He, knowing that I could be right, he brings up the, oh, well, the Chiefs are the ninth, are the ninth most penalized team in the league. Well, A, you have Juwan Taylor, who is... Well, he did. Well, he gets a lot of false start calls, and even a blind ref that is refereeing the Kansas City Chiefs game will not miss that. And B, that is also used as a cover up for what the for what the refs are really doing to the Kansas City Chiefs, helping them win. I think that that is a complete cover up. Is that they'll, they'll call the obvious penalties and the not obvious penalties. Well, they they won't call the obvious penalties, but they'll call the ob but they'll call the non obvious penalties, but they will call the obvious. What the hell am I saying? Okay, but. Yeah, either way, they'll call some stuff, but the stuff that is blatant and the stuff that helps the Chiefs win, they won't call. That will help the Chiefs win if they don't call. If they don't call it, they will not call it. Like that pass interference you saw. I don't know if I don't know if me and you are on the same page or if your eyes deceived you. But yes, that is absolutely holding. And for people that don't really know the NFL as much as I do, or people that do know the NFL but don't really know as much about penalties, that's a that's a holding call. And also taking your helmet off while screaming at the refs, being like, are you kidding me, ref? That's And him try, trying to go over and argue. 
taking your helmet off is also a unsportsmanlike conduct. So yes, we're like we're the Chiefs. Like the rest are somehow on the Chiefs' side, and I don't really know how, but I think that this needs to get an end put to. That's why I think Joe Burrow is the only QB who has it, who has a shot at beating Mahomes at beating Mahomes and the refs. All right, Celtics and Bruins time. I really want to start off with saying this was a great week out of the Boston Celtics. We won by 50. Like, and with, like, halfway through the first quarter, halfway through the first quarter, the Nets only had four points. I mean, we just came, we just came out firing, and Sam Hauser definitely came out firing. He had 14. Tatum had 20. Porzingis had 15. Derek White had 27. Drew Holiday only had three. Not his best game, but if we're running by 50, I don't think it really matters. Peyton Pritchard went off. He had 28. And yeah, like not really much happened here other than the Celtics really won by 50 and the Nets. The Nets actually just missed Jock Vaughn. Stupidest move, I think, I think of the week. The most, the stupidest move of the week by far has been the Nets letting go of Jock Vaughn. What are we doing? Like, Jock Vaughn was the only reason why you guys are decent in the first place. You guys should be ass, like Washington Wizards ass, but you're not because of Jock Vaughn, and now y'all are going to be on a massive decline because of that. That That is one of the stupidest moves of the week. He is definitely going to get picked up by another team at some point. Maybe he'll sit out the rest of the year, but he's going to get picked up next offseason once more coaches get fired. All right, I'll be right back. Now we have to play the Brooklyn Nets again. I think this is like a home-and-home yeah, my dogs want to come in here with me. They want to. They want to enjoy the show. So, Tatum went off this game. He had forty-one in thirty-nine minutes, and Jalen Brown had nineteen. Hal Horford had Al Horford had sixteen. Derek White had sixteen as well. Drew Holiday had fourteen. Cornette had five. Pritchard and Hauser each had three. And honestly, I didn't watch this game because I had hockey practice. But by the sounds of it, it looks like a pretty good game. Going to Brooklyn is never going to be an easy win, but we made it look at that way. So. And a Super Bowl Sunday matchup. I think this is, yeah, I think this was a Super Bowl match. All right, wait a minute. So, so we didn't really get much action this week, but we did get a home and home between the Celtics and the Nets. I did, I did. So the 50 point win happened on Wednesday. And then the Celtics versus Nets happened on Tuesday. I did not mean I did not mean to flip them like that, but that was all we had this week. Bruins uh, Celtics are back in action Thursday after the long All Star break. I don't really know. We might be like the Bruins laying an absolute egg. Hopefully, hopefully I didn't just jinx myself. But the Bruins, oh my God, was this game a hell of a game? But I could not stand just how bad we were. Right here, Bruins Lightning 3-2 loss in overtime. In a shootout, actually. Dude, we can't keep losing these games in a shootout. That's why like that's why we kept dwindling, and that's why the Panthers overtook us as the number one seed. Marchand two assists, Bosnaka two assists, McAvoy and Van Riemsdyk each had our goals. Like yeah, we we were completely reliant on our first line this whole game. We can't we can't do that. We can't be reliant on the first line all game. And maybe a new maybe our maybe maybe a new maybe a new contender for not game of the year. I almost threw up because I actually because I actually went to because uh, I went to a place called Pins to go bowling and I and I saw the 
and they were playing a recap of the Bruins game. I'm like, why are you showing that? This game was horrible. But yeah, McAvoy had an assist. Pasternak had a goal. Pavlzaka had an assist, and that's really it. Just played so poorly. Goaltending goal wasn't very good, although Swimman was under some high heat. And he was the only reason why this game was 4-1 to one and not like 8-9-1. to one. I don't even want to talk about this game anymore. And then... You know, the thing is, we didn't play a bad game at all. It was just if Brandon Clark didn't get that penalty and he didn't come out the box at the right time, then this game, then we probably, we might win in a shootout. But, yet James James Van Riemsdyk had a massive game in. I think, and I think that he is really the only bright spot from this game. Two goals and assists. Frederick had a goal and an assist. Boquist, Geeky. Lauko, McAvoy, and Poshnok all had assists. Uh, Anthony Ricard scored his first goal of his NHL career, and Shattenkirk had another assist. I honestly don't know what kind of positive you can take away from this other than JVR's absolute awesome game. Like we just can't, we just kept letting the Kings get by. They again, like who is it? Lena Solmark was under some high heat again today. And he's been under high heat because, well, this defense is just leaving is just leaving him out to dry. And the only reason why the, these games haven't been absolute blowouts is because the defense has been very good, but eventually that defense just is just going to get used up enough to the point where eventually an NHL team is just going to break through. And somehow we won this game, but, I mean, this was a seven-round shootout, and Boquist had a goal and an assist, McAvoy had two assists, and the shootout goal, one of the, one of the two. And Justin Brazu had a goal. Frederick Marchand and David Fosnock all had assists. Or, uh, Frederick and Marchand each had assists. Fosnock had a goal, and then Anthony Ricard had an assist. I mean, not a bad game. Like, not a, we didn't play a bad game out of us. The Stars are a very good team. They're the reason why they're my Stanley Cup pick this year. And while we showed up, we actually played a decent game. And honestly, I, I think... We just needed to get that under our belt before we're we're off to British Columbia to play the freaking Canucks, and then we're out to Alberta to play the to play Oilers and Flames. But yeah, that's gonna do it for this one, everybody. Hope y'all enjoyed this one. Hope y'all enjoyed my rant about the Chiefs. Maybe I'll do another rant next week if you want that. Go check out my Snapchat story for you know I'll probably have another poll of what should I rant about. But yeah, that's gonna do it for this one. All right. Peace.